This is Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. Reverend Dr. Timothy Corentz was a young Air Force medic stationed in D.C. in 2001. He deployed to the Pentagon crash site. That experience burned his memory and it triggered crippling PTSD. But he climbed out. And now he helps other soldiers do the same. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, hailing from New York City, actually joining the Air Force in 1994, the age of 17. I was only about 25 years old. So I'm sitting in my office and, uh, you know, the first uh, tower was hit. And then we watched the second. Immediately, we all knew that we were under attack. And uh, our team, a team of respiratory therapists, trauma critical care, Uh, We immediately began to assemble the rest of our team and go through our kits, uh, knowing that uh, we would be called in to uh, assist. What was your experience with trauma care up to that point? Little to none, actually. So uh, working as a trauma critical care, as respiratory therapist on a military installation, uh, maybe uh, maybe they had the flu or diabetes, uh, blood pressure issues. We don't necessarily uh, on a military installation see uh, trauma that we experienced at the Pentagon on 9-11. So you were a young man with uh, training, but limited experience at that point thrown into what would become the most uh, traumatizing experience anybody could have imagined. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when we showed up on site and uh, while we were on the bus, I remember a call came over the radio saying, uh, asking the driver if he knew how to get to the Pentagon. And actually the driver uh, was a really young, uh, uh, really young airman as well. And uh, he didn't know how to get over to the Pentagon. I did. We was up in the front, so we get on to the uh, the Beltway, the, the DC uh, four ninety five Beltway, and uh, just the roads were cleared off. Every exit blocked off by police cars. We had a helicopter escort, and uh, the roads were just clear. And no- normally, it's bumper to bumper traffic, so it was very eerie. As we uh, approached the Pentagon and got closer and closer, of course, we see it's uh, helicopters are circling around, uh, smoke rising up from the building. As we got off of the bus and we went uh, to the impact site, it was, um, it, it was a site that I would never be able to forget. You were on the ground, I understand, for about 30 hours yeah, well, it started off with um, just people walking around dazed, confused, covered in um, all sorts of dust and debris. And I won't make it too gruesome, but people were walking around and, and there were some who were dazed and confused and some who were just very angry. And, and even though it was horrific and so much going on, uh, we watched uh, so many ways the community pulled together. We, we would see, for example, a U-Haul truck that showed up packed with food from McDonald's and Burger King to hand out to the first responders. We saw Red Cross handing out blankets and hot chocolate. Lowe's and he- Home Depot, I believe, pulled up with trucks of wood to hold up portions of the building. And, and so the, the community of first responders really did pull together and it seemed uh, orchestrated very well. Uh, but at the same time, we're watching the building burn. We're smelling uh, the fumes. Uh, there are um, at times emotional outbursts, uh, not so much of the first responders, but some of the people that were there on site. Uh, the, one of the things that was a little difficult, at least for me being on site, being from New York, 
not being able to reach my New York family to find out uh, what was going on up in New York or to let them know that I was safe. Uh, my family there in Maryland not being able to reach them as well. And then also the fear of where they're going to be uh, additional impact sites as well. So uh, while we were focused on the mission, all of that uh, going on at the backdrop simultaneously. Are there specific people that you always have in the back of your mind even today? Yeah, absolutely. A uh, few of the nurses and techs and doctors uh, and just some of the uh, some of the members of our team, we really pulled together. In fact, uh, each year, if you were to check our Facebook pages, we're kind of tagging each other and um, just remembering that day. E- even though it was a very gruesome day, everybody seems to hate 9-11. We really love 9-12, the date that the whole country pulled together. On 9-11, we were at least um, honored that we had the opportunity to serve. We focus on hoisting the flag, just seeing our colors draped over the building during the early hours. It was just really an encouragement uh, for us to uh, to be there in defense of our uh, nation and be there on site in a time of need. I'm sure people watched from all over the world saying, how can I help? And um, we were blessed to be there. The Reverend Dr. Timothy Carence is my guest on Closer Look. I'm Maria Morgan. He's retired Air Force Chief Master Sergeant, and now he reaches out to fellow soldiers to help them deal with recurring problems, nightmares, anger. He himself experienced PTSD after 9-11 at the Pentagon, and and your ministry is in military resiliency. I'm sure that's no coincidence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after 9-11, you know, uh, young guy, 25 or so years old, and you know, it's like the invincible stage of life. I, I remember one of my first panic attacks in, in 2002 at an air show on Andrews Air Force Base, and I had no idea what was happening. I started having uh, signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress and um, went on to, uh, I was a member of the critical care air transport team. And so shortly after my time at Andrews Air Force Base, I moved out to Landstuhl Regional Medical Center in Germany. And, and we were caring for and transporting about 25,000 critically ill, critically wounded. And so things really took off after 9-11. I, I, I began to notice uh, that uh, 9-11 and, and all of the other casualties, all the other events, and, and even the anniversary dates of 9-11 begin to wear at me physically, emotionally, and spiritually to the point of I, I have was battling suicidal ideations, especially during my points of family brokenness and, and ended up coming forward uh, for help with PTSD. And I'm not sure how much the word resilient or resiliency was utilized uh, back when I came forward, but it really did become a buzzword uh, launching me forward for the rest of uh, the next chapter in my life. But you don't bounce back simply by pulling up your own bootstraps. No, absolutely not. And just as you need uh, assistance in the physical, uh, like in in uh, in the natural and in the spirit and in the emotional, it's the same 
uh, you know, that you need a support system in all of those areas as well. You know, I took advantage of going to see the chaplain weekly, psychology, psychiatry, and uh, I, there was pharmacological intervention. And I spent a lot of time at the foot of the cross. I, I really began to uh, deepen in a relationship with, with um, God and, and uh, many of the others who came alongside to walk with me through that particular season. So it is, there's a lot more that goes into it. When you bounce back and you have a whole team of people, a support system, and you do it at the foot of the cross, uh, man, you bounce back. And and that may be a new norm, but it's uh, something that can really bring glory to God. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. I'm talking with Pastor Tim, also known as Chief. Um, Chief, you continue to work the trenches for your fellow soldiers as an expert in resiliency, as we've been discussing. You were called to ministry five years after 9-11, and I see you earned a master's degree in divinity and then earn a doctorate also in resiliency. What what kinds of things are you doing to reach your fellow soldiers with this message of uh, bouncing back in community? I retired from the Air Force as a chief master sergeant in uh, 2018 and moved back to Germany and opened up uh, what we call the Kaiser Slaughter Military Resiliency Center, uh, KMRC for short. Uh, it is a hub. It's a coffee shop. Actually, here locally, they call it Rama Cafe, um, but it is a resiliency center, NATO service members, their families, the community, and they come in, they gather to uh, stand up against invisible wounds. Sometimes it's invisible wounds uh, caused by war, shame, guilt, anxiety, uh, sometimes at home, and uh, sometimes wounds from their past. And so we bring together a team. Some of the team members are veterans. Uh, Some of us are trained either in clergy or psychology or social work. And uh, we will partner with about 40 something uh, churches and helping organizations in the local community. And we just all pull together to pour into the community. Soldiers responding in very human ways, the freedom for those soldiers to talk about what going on in their heads and their hearts to admit that they've had a panic attack, a new awareness of PTSD, something to call it, and the freedom to express it. Is that what you see as a as the gift of 9-11, as the working together, all things for good? I think that might be the first time I've ever considered that possibility. Yes, um, it's no kidding. It is a perfect example of what the enemy intended for harm, God turning around and using it for good, and just truly is how God can work all things together for our good and his glory if we love him. It is uh, it is an opportunity where Jesus can just reach out and extend his hand. He does this in the spirit, of course, by touching their minds and hearts, but he also does it through us. We're ambassadors of Christ. All of our military resources, we consolidate them. We have a website called The Warrior's Journey, TWJ.org. Sometimes life takes them down to their knees, and they get to read stories of people that stand back up, just like me, even going to the Pentagon and battling decades of PTSD and family brokenness and the suicidal 
ideations. I get to uh, stand back up on my own two feet with the help of those around me. Uh, We believe that it is something that can be done and from our perspective must be done at the foot of the cross. And this doesn't require having seen something as traumatic and graphic as what you saw at the Pentagon. This is for anyone, any soldier particularly, any first responder who's ever come upon a scene that affected his or her heart. And of course, the first responders, we're seeing it every day. And we may deal with it with crude humor. We may um, joke about it. We may laugh about it. I've been on many calls uh, going out with um, uh, going out on 911 calls or going out on uh, the helicopter or fixed uh, uh, wing going out from between the different uh, military installations or even in the, in the big cities. And you see a lot of stuff that's out there every day. And some people get numb to it. Then you begin to find ways where you can self-medicate, if you will, before speaking up saying, I need help. Uh, Narcotics or alcohol or pretending everything is good uh, while they're suffering on the inside. Benjamin Franklin said, he said, um, there's many people that die at the age of 25, but then are buried at the age of 75. Uh, and, And they just become numb. You know, they have this mask on that all is good and that they're strong, but on the inside, they're broken, they're struggling, their thoughts are intrusive and racing, and, and their heart is just, it's, they are exhausted. They're not able to enjoy life. I, I speak uh, personally on this. You spend the majority of your day managing symptoms. The adrenaline is just surging through your body and, and, and you have the shakes and the, the tunnel vision and you're, the hypervigilance constantly looking around. You just spend your days managing symptoms and trying to stay awake. Uh, it's not a way to live. And so I would just encourage anybody that feels like they're spending their day managing their symptoms. Uh, it really does have to start with um, spending time with the creator and lover of their soul and just the Lord Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. Uh, the pharmacological intervention, we can give you medication to keep your eyes closed for eight hours. But you can still wake up after that eight hours and still not have rest for your soul. The only person that gives rest for your soul is the Lord Jesus. And he says, come unto me and I'll give you rest for your soul. And that's where we help with individuals when they come into the Kazakhstan Military Resiliency Center. And that's what all of our resources on the Warriors Journey dot uh, uh, org. What it what it points to is it points to uh, just how uh, the Father of all comfort can be there to comfort you.